has been. I mean, when people try to free themselves, they kill Negroes in the South all the time. The Negro man has been emasculated and destroyed by that, by the fact that every time he stood up, he got just snuffed out right there. wake up every day in it, you go to sleep every day in it, and, you know, I mean, you never know what the day's going to bring. Like, as, I mean, we can take a turn here, and as we start going down the street, so I'll just show you from just waking up and not knowing that today was almost going to be the last day of my life, waking up not knowing that today is the day that I wasn't going to see the streets again for another 16 months. It's just, it's crazy. You never know what the next day is going to bring, but one thing's for sure, something's going to happen. Nine out of ten times, it's not going to be good. We do have certain strains of hyper-masculinity, hyper-violence in our communities, but it seems like our hyper-masculinity, our, our violence is usually, like, done to each other. The emasculation of black males, as well as divide and conquer. You use these tools for the, for the community to, to disrupt, to rock from the inside out. An emotional plea to stop the violence from Mothers United after their sons killed each other over the weekend. WLKY's Erica Coghill spoke with the women today. She's live at Metro Police Headquarters with what they had to say. Erica? My son wasn't a bad kid. He just had some hang-ups. I used to tell people, my heart goes out to you, but I don't understand. Now I understand, and I don't want to. It's sort of one of those, it's one of those plays where oppression works on autopilot. I mean, I'm a conspiracy theorist to a degree. Like when I, I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know, but certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man in the movies in a dress at some point in their career, I'll be connecting that dot, like why are all these brothers gonna wear a dress? That's happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer, I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen, we got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute. <laughs> and he put this dress on. And it, huh? What? The prostitute? No, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't feel comfortable with that. That should have been in a discussion. I think um, now there's so many black people have, who have embraced uh, liberalism and liberal ideology. And so stuff that was taboo in a black community, um, like homosexuality, for instance, I think a lot of black people have started to embrace that, not understanding it hurts us more than it hurts anyone else because we're such a small percentage of the population. We need to be married. We need to reproduce. And you can't reproduce or you're not willing to reproduce if you're in, you know, alternative lifestyles like that. So now you got kids growing up with single mothers raised by their grandmothers, their aunties. It's almost like a feminization of black men that happens. Which we've seen that through television shows growing up. I remember seeing Jamie Foxx in a dress, dressed up as Wanda, or seeing Martin Lawrence dressed up as Shanene. And we laughed at that stuff, and we thought that stuff was funny and cool, but what kind of image was that putting out? The most disrespected person in America is the black woman. The most unprotected woman, a person in America is the black woman. The most neglected person in America is the black woman. Black women are becoming the breadwinners and the sole providers 
for their households. And this has an impact on not only the black man um, specifically, but how us as black women treat black men. For women, it started with the unrealistic portrayal of the black household on TV, on shows like The Cosby Show and Good Times. On one hand, you have a father who does everything in his power to make ends meet and to provide for his family. He always comes up short and inevitably it leads to him leaving the family. You, you know, you, you lose your job, you can't provide, yada, 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 these things are happening. These external forces are happening. It's easy to dip because it's been, it's been a process of the psychology of black men for, for hundreds of years. And it's been, it, was, it was done intentionally. On the other hand, you have a, a doctor, a black man who was a professional, a doctor, went to school, no criminal record. He somehow marries a lawyer, another professional. They both are working full time and yet have three children who they raise and barely see, you know, outside of the episodic antics that they, you know, run throughout the course of the show. And they all seem to manage okay. So repeat and complete with me. I'm a daddyless daughter. I'm a daddyless daughter. I acknowledge that I feel worthless sometimes. I acknowledge that I feel worthless sometimes. And what I do to hide that. And what I do to hide that. Is overcommit. And is overcommit. Overcompensate. Overcompensate. And try to be a supermom. And try to be a supermom. When the truth is. When the truth is. There's a part of me. There is a part of me. That feels broken and worthless. That feels broken and worthless. Many women, many black women specifically, do not grow up with very many positive male role models in their lives, let alone black fathers. And so because of that, their first real interaction with the black man is when they date one. And that's where reality meets the expectation. Black women have had to up the ante a little bit in terms of being independent. And what we've been taught over the years, at least in my generation and I'm a generation before me, is that we cannot be dependent on a man. We have to have our own. We have to be able to move when we need to move and create a lifestyle for ourselves and our children in the case that they are in prison or they can't find a job or, you know, black men have a lot of odds stacked against them. As a man, you're told in society, that you are to be a provider. You're supposed to provide security for your family, for your household. However, as a black man, you're also told with that same voice that you're not gonna make as much as any of your counterparts, regardless of level, experience, anything. The expectations of a man to provide have not changed. How we as women show up in the relationship has. I think the only thing that's really changed is the black woman. And, and what she well, said is changed. I think she's become more visible. I think she's changed because there was a time, let's say, my mother, you know, and my aunts and things like that. They would say, "Okay, if that's the way you establish your man, mm -hmm. I'm going to go for it." Mm -hmm. And my generation says, "Hey, mm -hmm. no good. Okay. You must okay. establish a new base." And, and we are, as a group, demanding that a new base be established. Black women have lost the safety of being in a relationship with black men. We've lost the security and the dependency with which could come with a sense of um, independence that works against 
black families and black relationships and black households. Since black women have trauma from patriarchy, from misogyny, all black men are looked at as, as a problem. Whether you're looking at it from the left or the right, I, I would argue, I could be wrong, but I would argue that black men are the only demographic that um, gets that gets it from the right left. One thing that I that I tell people is patriarchy and misogyny have, have been so detrimental to certain black women that they'll rather not have us around. You'll hear, you know, black men ain't shit. Or you'll hear, you know, we black men need to step down and step back. Or we're the most privileged in our community. You know, it's almost as if you if you don't align with the new wave of social justice or the new social justice rhetoric, you could potentially be outcasted or counseled as a black man. And so I definitely think that there's um, some attention that needs to be made on us as black women and how we, I'm not making any excuse for men who, you know, don't provide for their children or don't provide for their home. I'm not talking about those men. And what I'm saying is for men who do show up, who do hold a stable job, who may not make as much money as their uh, female counterpart, how do we as black women show up for them and support them to make them feel whole and loved? And so that when they go out into the world, they are equipped and they're not beaten down and tired. But at, me as a black man, you know, I'm <clears throat> I'm trying to figure out how to be politically correct and at the same time make sure that I'm speaking the truth and I'm representing brothers. And I, I really feel like there's a systemic push to push black male voice out of the social justice movement. On the next episode of No Church in the Wild, we'll take a deeper look at interracial dating and analyze how dating outside of the race could impact the future of the black community.